0: Now that I have felt obligated to go as big and bold and better as possible, I'm able to write you know, six-figure checks to charity, I'm able to
1: do all of these things now because of this. Before John Lee Dumas was making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month with his hugely successful podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, he jumped from job to job, trying to find a comfortable spot to settle down with benefits and a stable income, just like I did, just like everyone else.
0: I was just the person who was going to do enough, you know, to just get by so that I could then, you know, enjoy myself on the weekends or just relax a little bit and maybe take one or two vacations a year.
1: I could totally relate to that feeling. My name is Ina and I'm your host. I spent 15 years in corporate not knowing how to break out before creating my very own business. So I went to the most successful entrepreneur podcaster in the world to ask him, how did he do it? How did a law school dropout and serial job hunter end up a millionaire?
0: People aren't just giving me money because they feel bad for me and my mansion in Puerto Rico. No, they're giving me money because I am making a big impact in their life, a positive impact in their life. I'm adding value to
1: their life. In this interview, I asked JLD to share with us what made him go from regular dude with an average job to the multimillion success he is today. Listen carefully for his mindset and determination, and you'll be able to take these lessons straight to the bank. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, take five seconds and give us a five-star rating as soon as you hear something that inspires you, and write something nice. A great review goes a long way in supporting our show. And thanks. Here's the interview with millionaire and entrepreneur on fire, John Lee Dumas. This is The Global Phenomenon with Ina Kovani, the podcast where the self-made teach you to stop waiting to be discovered and prepare to be found. JLD, thank you so much for doing this. This is amazing to talk to you again. How are you, my friend? You know, it's been
0: too long. I love your energy, love your vibe, and I'm looking forward to our conversation today.
1: Yeah, me too, because I have some things for you. You're going to help me do something today.
0: Okay, it's a deal.
1: You're ready for this. Are you ready I am prepared. Okay. First of all, can you tell me a little bit of how things are going with the quarantine in Puerto Rico? How's how the quarantine been- in
0: paradise? You know, we get to enjoy our beautiful property behind us, you know, the pool, the jacuzzi, plenty of yard space. They've opened up the roads for walking and exercising. So, good. You know, overall, we're doing good.
1: Good. I'm glad to hear that. Jildy. Um, I have started a new initiative. It's a movement. It is called the global phenomenon. You want to hear a little bit about it? No. Okay. I'm going to tell you anyway. because <laughs> that's why You are one of them. So whether oh, you like it or it. not, you've become a global of phenomenon. Of course
0: I want right? to.
1: You've become a global phenomenon. This is something that you, you I, uh, first of all, can I tell you, Congratulations. You have made it. How does it feel? It feels (laughs) amazing.
0: Thank you. One (laughs) and all. Incredible.
1: Right. So um, here's the deal. I want you to help me out a little bit because this is a new movement that that we're creating to empower the next wave of global phenomena. Right. I mean, people who were like you 10 years ago right? 10 years ago. And they're looking to, they have this their sights on the big vision, on the big thing. And what these people are being told is you don't need a million dollars. Trying to strive for stuff like that is selfish. Like, why would you even talk about this? Why would you want to be a star? Why would you want to be out there? And without realizing that the more you put yourself out there, the more good you're doing in the world, the more your message gets transmitted across the world. So first of all, I wanted to tell you, I wanted to ask you, what What do you think it's like that people have misconceptions about on what being a global phenomenon actually is?
0: So I think it's a mentality of scarcity that people have where they honestly believe like, oh no, like if JLD you know, makes a million dollars, like that's taking money directly out of my pocket. Or if person X you know takes a piece of this pie that means there's less pie for all of us and right. you know that's a mindset of scarcity and unfortunately way too many people live in that mindset where I know yourself because we've had multiple conversations and definitely me we live in a mindset of abundance where we know there's just this amazing abundance in this world and I look at it as an obligation like I am obligated to share more value with the world i am obligated to share more you know, truth and honesty with the world. I am obligated to generate more revenue with my business as a direct result. Because guess what? The more revenue that I make, the more confirmation I have that I'm adding real value to this world. Like people aren't just giving me money because they feel bad for me and my mansion in Puerto Rico. No, they're giving me money because I am making a big impact in their life, a positive impact in their life. I'm adding value to their life. And now, guess what? Now that I have felt obligated to go as big and bold and better as possible, I'm able to write you know, six-figure checks to charity. I'm able to be more philanthropic. I'm able to help friends and family and invest in startup companies. And I'm able to do all of these things now because of this. And so because I don't listen to those people with a scarcity mindset, because I live in a world of abundance – I'm able to just keep making the world a better place. Well, those people that live in a mindset of scarcity, mm-hmm. like I just feel nothing but sympathy for them.
1: So can you tell me, because we weren't all just born enlightened, right? Like we've all kind of had a journey to really realize that scarcity mindset is a thing. And it's actually, the, uh, it's actually more abundant than the abundance mindset, right? That we're surrounded by people who think, uh, who think that, you know, things are just not possible for me, that things are just reserved for a special few. So can you take me back to a time when these fears were real, right? We're here talking to people who, for for whom scarcity is the the norm for, they're surrounded by this. Take me back to a time when you were an average dude with average aspirations. You were going to your job every day, right? What, what was that like? And what was, what was happening that made you take that pivot.
0: So let me first say that was the first 32 years of my life. So mm-hmm. for anybody that's, you know, watching this or listening to this and you're 20 years old or you're 40 years old or you're 84 years old, like none of that matters. All that matters is that you keep consuming contents, you know, that people like us are putting out here and that you believe and you go after that structure because for me Like, I was just the person who was gonna do enough, you know, to just get by so that I could then, you know, enjoy myself on the weekends or just relax a little bit and maybe take one or two vacations a year. Because again, that was just my mindset at the time. That was the people that I was hanging out with. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And frankly, the people I was spending the most time with, they had very small and scarcity mindsets. So I did as well. And it wasn't until, you know, I literally was just looking back over my life and being like, man, You know, in a lot of ways, I'm just lucky to be alive. I mean, I was an officer in the U.S. Army for eight years. I did a 13-month tour of duty in Iraq where I was a platoon leader of four tanks and 16 men, and four of those 16 men had the ultimate sacrifice. You know, they lost their lives during that 13-month tour of duty, and I looked back and said, man, that so easily could have been me. One step to the left, one step to the right, that's me, but you know what? It wasn't me now what? Like now why don't I make the most of this life instead of just kind of skating by, instead of just living paycheck to paycheck, instead of, you know, living small when I could be living big. Cause what do I have to lose? What's the worst case scenario? You know, I'm 28 years old and I go and live with my parents for six months. Fine. Like who cares? Like let's take a couple big swings and see what happens. Like for you sports fans out there, man, Babe Ruth had the most home runs he also had the most strikeouts. Like he was getting big rips up there. He was taking big swings and that's what I wanted. I just want to take a couple of big swings. So that's why I decided to go all in and just have that mindset and surround myself with the right people.
1: So can you tell me a little bit of what that shift was like? I want you to imagine, because this is this is the part that I told you that, you know, you're going to help me <laughs> craft this. You're, you're going to help me out with this because there are so many people that just find that so aspirational. Like yeah. it, it, it must be so easy for anybody who has all the time in the world, right? That's only reserved for those people. I'm way too busy for this, right? I want to know how to break out of this. I would love to know, like in your story, like, is is that what you did? Like, you know, at twenty eight, moving with your parents. Like, what what were the the things that you had to do to really start to step into this new role in life that you wanted to take? What did that take?
0: I mean, first thing, I think you painted a great picture about people just like saying, like, I'm just so busy. Like, for everybody else that has time, that's a possibility. Like, you as an individual that's listening or watching to this right now need to look in the mirror and take a hundred percent responsibility you are exactly where you are right now because of every decision that you made. Like you want to complain that you have kids that take up all your time. You decided to have those kids. Like you made that decision. You took that action and there they are. Like you have a job that you hate right now. You said yes to that job. Like you're with somebody who's holding you back or that you don't like right now. You're making that decision every single day to stay with that person. Like you are one responsible for everything that you are now living this moment in time and accept it. And guess what? Know that the next decision that you make is also yours. And that was me. I had made all the decisions up to 32 years old that led me to a job that I didn't like, to a paycheck that was very unimpressive, to a life that wasn't of value, to all those things. And I'd look in the mirror and say, but you know what? My next decision can be to pick up this book by Napoleon Hill and read think and grow rich my next decision can be to listen to this podcast you know by so and so and learn from this individual and my next you know decision can be to hire a mentor to actually invest in somebody who can teach me what i need to know and that's when i hired my first mentor Jamie Masters she was a fantastic business podcast host and she guided me how to become a successful business podcast host. Like it wasn't like I made these crazy, insane decisions. It was just one small decision at a time that got me one step closer to where I needed to be. And it wasn't overnight, it was over time. Like you and I are talking eight years after I made the decision to launch Entrepreneurs On Fire. And guess what? Like it's been a massive success now for a long time, but it wasn't overnight, it was over time.
1: So let me ask you something. Do you ever remember having that fear that it's just selfish to to think too big? Let me let me just kind of paint a picture. Um I'm imagining I am you, it's 8 years ago, you come up with this idea for entrepreneurs on fire. What was the thing that was making you feel like no, this is actually much bigger than anybody can imagine like how how did entrepreneurs on fire not end up being just like a tiny podcast that you did on the side like these these things i don't believe in magic and going viral and getting discovered i believe in hard work and intention so how do you go from well i'm gonna start a podcast which 8 years ago it wasn't as ubiquitous as it is today right it, it was it didn't seem like an obvious idea to just go and start a podcast but you went and did it how did it go from i'm going to try this and see kind of how it goes to no way, intentionally, I am going to make this the biggest entrepreneurship podcast that there ever was. Because there's a big mind shift in there. Because there's a lot of people who are listening to you who have a great idea right now. But they know that as soon as they start, it's going to be playing very small until maybe somebody discovers it and it gets big. I believe in intention. What made you so special to have the intention to say this is going to go through the roof and to the stars?
0: So to further paint that picture that you've been, you know, starting to paint is I had nights where I would wake up at 3 a.m. just terrified and petrified of the path that I had chosen because you know I made the decision to start a daily podcast. I hired a mentor. I was buying equipment. I quit my job, and I would wake up at 3 a.m. being like, "Oh my God, what have I done?" And you know, in some ways, and I'll kind of equate it in a weird way. Um, we're tomorrow. We're going to pick up eight-week-old puppy, a little golden doodle. And you know what? This guy is going to be a bundle of joy and a bundle of love, but he's going to be a lot of work. And he's going to crap on my carpet. He's going to pee in the corner. He's going to whine and keep me up at night.
1: He's going to bark during your podcast episodes. He's going to
0: bark during my podcast episodes. And I'm going to say, Gus, what are you doing, Gus? By the way, there's a quick little picture of Gus right there. (laughs) Oh, so cute. And I wake up. You know, this past week, being like, what have I done? Is it too late? But of course, I'm just like, you know what? The pros so outweigh the cons. I know they do. And that was me eight years ago. I knew that I was taking a big risk, I was taking a big leap, and I was terrified and scared about it. But in the day, what was the alternative? The alternative was I was just going to keep going forward on a path that was depressing, sad, uninspiring not making any impact in the world, doing something every day that I didn't enjoy doing, that was the alternative. So I like to say, choose your hard. Like It's really, really hard to grow a successful business. It's really, really hard. But you know what's also hard? Living a life of valuelessness, Like living a life that's uninspiring, that's depressing. It's hard living a life like that because every day you got to get up and you got to drag yourself through that, that day. That's hard. So which hard do you want? Do you want to drag yourself through every day or do you want the hard, which is, oh, I got to get up and I just got to work, work, work into this business. And of course, I chose that other hard, the hard that was growing my dream life, growing my dream business, creating lifestyle and financial and location freedom. Both paths I could have gone down were hard. I just chose the right hard.
1: Can I ask you one final question? Please do you, I'm giving you right now the power to get anybody who listens to this to do one thing in the next 24 hours and they have to do it. They have to, you have that power. Yeah. What are you telling people to do? Look in the mirror
0: and say to yourself, my life at this moment is a result of every decision I've made up to this moment. And the best part is I can take that next decision and alter the entire future of my life. Say words like that to yourself in the mirror and believe them.
1: Thank you so much, and I'm going to be keeping you posted of the global phenomenon because this is going to be huge. And now you were a founding member of this big foundation we're creating, so thank you so much for being a part of it.
0: It was so cool hanging out with you. You're the best. I love your energy, and we'll catch up soon.
1: All right, thank you, JLD. Hey there, Ina here. After this interview, you may be wondering how does JLD actually make six figures a month with his podcast? Is it sponsorships, back-end programs? What is the bulk of it? The truth is that there is a lot that we can learn from JLD's business model. So, I will be back in the next episode to teach you the three things he's doing very right and you could start doing in your business right now, even if you don't have a team yet. So make sure to hit the subscribe button on your podcasting app and watch for the companion episode coming up next. And to send me a question for the Q&A segment in the next companion episode, go to theglobalphenomenonpodcast.com and I will answer your question on the air. I'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to The Global Phenomenon with Ina Kovani. Join the conversation inside the Facebook group at theglobalphenomenon.com slash Facebook. Listen to new interviews every Monday and learn with the companion episode every Thursday. This podcast was created by Ina Coveney, music by Jared LaBelle, and this was the voice of Kip Clark.